Hello there, Senator. Welcome to Transplants. My name is Alec Flynn, and today we will climax the pandemic series that I began in the previous episode. I want to explore my summer in Denver during a pandemic. For myself, and hopefully you, the listener, this summer offered an escape, albeit at 70% capacity. Anything to disassociate from the winter and spring quarantine. It wasn't exactly back to normal by any stretch, but it felt normal enough. Young people felt comfortable socializing outside. Restaurants and bars could accommodate outdoor dining. You could crush outdoor activities like hiking, biking, day drinking. Mostly day drinking. But with the good comes the bad. So, retelling begins on May 19th, my first week back in town. I felt an optimism that had disappeared for some time during quarantine. The warm weather forced me outside more. I began to do morning runs to the church in my neighborhood. I'm not sure how people do this all the time, the morning run. This was one entry in my journal from May 21st. Now, remember, we are taking excerpts from the journals. Very important to remember. May 21st. Please, for your own sake, take a shit before the morning run. This is the third time where I ran completely clenched. It's only a matter of time before your running is known for another type of skid marks. No one wants to poop so bad, they begin running bow-legged. Great. Very, uh, PG. Despite this dire warning to myself, the tone in the first week of entries are upbeat. Excitable. I'm thinking of creating content for IGTV. I'm thinking about contacting bars with outdoor seating for shows. And I even fired my Hinge account back up. Around this time, I also became really into sports talk radio because, uh, yeah, I'm a 56-year-old in a 23-year-old's body. Naturally, I began calling into the station during my favorite program, Felger and Maz, on Agenda Free Friday. What you're about to listen to is one of those calls. Make that part of the clear. Alec is in uh, Denver. Alec, what do you got? Hey, how you doing, Maz? Good. Someone call the fire department because that is a fire take, my friends. I mean, it's true. The guy kisses his dad on the lips all the time in public. I mean, you're a grown-ass man. I could see you doing it up until you're like, I don't know, like out of high school. But you're come on, Tom. He's a weird guy. Let's be honest. Tom Brady's just a weird dude. Greatest quarterback to ever play. Maybe the single greatest athlete to ever play a sport, maybe besides Tiger Woods. But the guy is a little bit of a freak show. You look into his eyes, he's just got a weird look about him. Yes, he's very handsome, but I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I stand on this, even though, I mean, he gave us all these Super Bowls. After this, I decided to pick a hobby to fill my weekend mornings. Balcony gardening. 
People always told me I possess big dad energy. Maybe it's because I read the newspaper or my gray hair or my Viagra prescription. But I think it just comes down to my personality. When I'm out and I see a girl dancing on the bar, I actually will audibly yell, Be careful! Hey, careful! It's slippery! But I really enjoyed being a foliage father. My balcony was adorned with begonias, fuchsias, and patience. I grew my own spinach, mint, and basil. There was nothing more thrilling than hitting Home Depot on the weekends for a new bag of fertilizer. I found that watering my plants every day was an activity akin to making my bed, right? It was an easy daily routine that kept my life on track. Now, granted, this I could have done something like this when quarantine originally started, but it's so dark out. It's dim. It's abysmal. It's cold. With, with new spring and like summer, it just felt like, oh, fucking rights. I'm ready to go. Like I mentioned in the last episode, pandemic life was about striking a personal bargain. Yes, I'll strive for discipline in this routine, but I have to forgive imperfection. Forgive yourself for sleeping in. Forgive yourself for eating the chip out of the couch cushions. Forgive yourself for pushing that old lady on your morning run. You're only human. And this summer, I came to grips with that by picking up some weird hobbies, such as gardening and talk radio and saying, Okay, well, they might disrupt my routine, but they are fun and they give me joy. So why not cave in a little? Buckle up because this is about to get serious. George Floyd's murdered by four policemen in Minneapolis. Protests gripped the nation. A powerful groundswell of anger against police violence is displayed through these marches. Community action, and in some cases, property damage. I'm not going to use my podcast as a platform for anything other than my own opinion and promoting a hashtag plant-based lifestyle. If you have an issue with my thoughts and what I wrote down in my journal, um, you can go take a dump in your pants. On June 3rd, 2020, I wrote, Yesterday, I participated in the marches and protests that have been sweeping through the country. Adorned in my whaler's jersey, socks, tevas, and favorite visor, to blend in, I marched the streets of Denver in protest of George Floyd's murder. I had never been a part of a movement like that before. The masses of people from across the city came out to display that the struggle will be ignored no longer. There was some chance I would and would not participate in. I bellowed out, no justice, no peace. There was some weird man-bun white dude who was leading the chanting. This meant he was doing more screaming than actual chanting. Want to talk about annoying? This guy was brutal. Say his name. And it's like, dude, there's already no justice and no peace. Thanks to you, there's no rhythm either. One moment from yesterday. Two guys, approximately my age, adorned in Lululemon and marching with no sign and seemingly ambivalent attitude. One friend would pull his mask down from time to time to utter some comment. I felt they were out of place, maybe did not belong among the quote-unquote true activists. Reflecting on how I felt then, I know this is an incorrect judgment. They came. They cared. I know for a fact others in the sea of humanity saw me in the same regard. We participated. Whether or not our full spirit is behind some of the messaging, what resonates is that some of my own socionomic contemporaries acted while I know most will not. Damn, that's, that's pretty heavy, huh? It's pretty heavy. We live through historical events. Does anyone understand how wild this is? How these moments are forcing us to be agents of or participants in change? We, the young people of this country, we're living in this fork in the road. Our whole lives, we never saw a complete push for change because we, the 
unaffected suburban masses were stagnant in prosperity. But now we can reject ignorance, reject ambivalence, push for a brighter future. Holy shit, it makes my brain queef. I was actually on a date during the 14th day of protesting, and it went through where we were hanging out in the park. The conversation had become so boring, I suggested that we join the march. Talk about a great out. I mean, some people just pretend to get a text and decide to go to the bathroom and not come back. I was just like, hey, uh, let's go join this march. You really get to know somebody during a protest. So your parents are divorced? That's interesting. Look out, tear gas. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm clever. June 11th, I wrote down some goals for the summer. One, prepare for everything, expect nothing. Two, write more coherent goals. Three, be open about your feelings in this journal in regards to dating. Four, find a good apartment. So I'm going to focus on goal number three. We all know the song from Greece, right? Summer loving had me a blast. Summer loving. Um... She gave me the clap. I was out looking for a summer fling. I went on Hinge, set up some dates, but actually ended up seeing someone exclusively for like a good six to seven weeks. Put a, I put a pretty high barrier to entry on my Hinge profile, uh, place you're most likely to see me at, and I just do uh, the police station because my fetish is looking suspicious. We began seeing each other, and I wrote this down on June 23rd. Fellas, feel free to mute me if this feels to Nicholas Sparks X. We began seeing each other, and I wrote this down on June 23rd. Now, please feel free to mute this if it feels too Nicholas Sparks-esque. Took blank for a picnic last night in Cheeseman Park. We laid perpendicular from one another, eating, smiling, laughing. We spoke about emotional topics, everyday philosophies, current events, little joys of life, Frankly, she can stun me. Her hazel brown eyes catch me off guard and wrap me in her gaze. They reveal an innocence through strength. We embrace one another in the calm darkness of Cheeseman. It felt like half a lifetime. This reads very gay, but, you know, I felt something special. To the ladies listening uh, to that, uh, my phone number is 772. I'm just kidding. But my Snapchat is here for Ryan Donato, so slide in. I think my attachment or romanticization of this fling was in due part. I think my attachment or romanticization of this fling was in part due to COVID isolation, but also due to the transplant factor. When everything feels so new, like a first summer really experiencing your city, you cling to a relationship because it ties you back to a sort of community feel. She was also a transplant, so maybe that's why we clicked so easily newbies finding one another you're meeting people off hinge thinking dead seriously okay time to see where this goes i mean that's crazy no off a dating app the covid aspect comes into play because after being locked into your apartment for three months i'm just itching to put a toe in my mouth am i right fellas no just me okay nonetheless things were percolating clearly i felt this could be more than a quick whatever I was ready to shed my man-slut ways. I was ready to leave behind my sordid history of one-night stands and walks of shame. I was ready to begin taking someone to breakfast instead of taking a shower until they caught a hint and called an Uber. 
So we were doing it together on weekends, texting when we could, even being introduced to the friends and roommates. We had one logistically nightmarish date when we went hiking. Not that we fought or there was any drama, but it wasn't as pleasant as previous dates. Truth be told, I set a pretty high bar. I, I'm a real four-inch snake charmer. After that one date, the text stopped feeling conversational and became more transactional, like an obligation. It became a game of chicken to see who texts first. Then you end up with jealousy, like, what happened? Why isn't she responding as fast as she used to? By that point, you need to read the writing on the wall. You're losing touch. By July 16th, journal entry reads, It's clear she works harder and longer than I. She uses her phone considerably less. Thus lies my disbelief. A 23-year-old who doesn't use their phone often? Give me a break. But she doesn't. So what the fuck do I do? Suck it up. You like her. You like spending time with her. Don't muck this up. I was speaking with someone recently about this entire situation. And it feels as though anytime it's, it, it stops there's that, that texting, it doesn't feel like it's effortless, you kind of need to figure it out. So I'm, I'm learning a valuable lesson here. You don't want to pressure someone into accountability. Nobody wants that. And especially through text, you can sort of feel it where it's give people space. Give, give this person a, a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm a little bit perplexed about this. I'm reading back. I'm getting emotional. My journal entries during this spiral are actually fascinating, though. So on one hand, I'm resorting back to this ambivalent, objective look at why I'm screwing it up. And on the other hand, most of my entries are beginning to center around comedy again. Stand-up has returned outside. I began writing sketches for Instagram as well. And I think the attention shift ultimately helped me compartmentalize the fact that I couldn't hang on to her as a steady partner. Score one for narcissism. I mean, I'm telling you, the texting got so bad that she breezed me for a whole weekend until she finally put an end to it. I wrote on July 29th, blank and I are kaput. Sheets, curtains. What can I say? I tried. In the end, I'll have to accept that for a while, these successful, interesting coastal elite types with demanding careers will probably think of me as some burnout. In the words of Mr. Bill Belichick, we're on to Midwestern Blondes. The lesson I gleaned reading back into this summer saga was that you don't push too hard. Don't force accountability on another transplant who's trying to figure it out themselves. I forced it through a medium that's as imper I forced it through a medium as impersonal as texting. So for the next girl I date, I will only be communicating through via voicemail and TikTok DMs. That about does it for the pandemic series. I know many of you wish I touched upon more concrete advice, but I want to remember as little of those days as possible sometimes. I wanted to display that I went through the ringer, as I'm sure we all did. Thanks so much for listening. Please tell your friends about the podcast and be sure to subscribe or just send me some plant-based recipes via Instagram DMs. Goodbye and be safe.